Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Show to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market like we are every Sunday here on WFLA News. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. Uh, Mike, man, you've been on the show with me. It's been, what, three? How many years has it been now? I think we're coming up on our, our two year anniversary. We just it seems like it's been our, longer. I know. But yeah, I think it's. I think COVID, that, COVID makes everything seem longer. Yeah, the, the timing, my, yeah. my whole timing has gone off. But I think we're right about at our two year anniversary cool. that we've cool. been doing it. So yeah, quite awesome. a long time now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and obviously, you know, a couple of Stanley Cup champions, oh gosh, you know, right. on, the, on the list with the Lightning winning, uh, the Boat Parade. Uh, was this week, and um, I have to tell you, it was it was it was incredible. So we got invited uh, because of our relationship with the Lightning's partners. For I mean, this is our sixth year with them. Um, we got to go on like the partner boat, which got like you know it was one of the um, it was one of the cruise ships, right. you know, one of the Starship cruise trip cruise ships, and they they took us like right up. I mean, we were literally like right up the front. They had to the police were parting the boats. It was like Moses parting parting the water, you know. <laughs> so the boats all had to part so our cruise ship could kind of roll up there, and then the players followed us so the players went right alongside of us which was it was really cool to see like them in that kind of an element um and and just just an incredible time to 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 live in tampa you know with champion sports teams and and you know great economics and so many good things happening um you know and and even like nikita kucherov Right. Uh, my new favorite spirit animal uh, after his inter- after his press conference interview, you know, because I, I mean, I, I have a cooch jersey like he's the guy that I wear the jersey right. for. Like he's he's you know, he's the scorer. And, you know, I've, I've been a basketball player my whole life and I've always been like a scorer. So he's kind of like my guy, you know, so I'm so I'm rooting for him and everything. And then that, that press conference, obviously, there are things about that press conference I can't repeat today. But um, but you can Google it and figure out all the wonderful things he said. And and both WFLA and W. DAE have put it up on their page and and absolutely hilarious. It like, is iconic and it, it was it was funny to see and interesting to see on the boat parade. A lot of people they had already made part of that press conference into t-shirts. Yes, yes, t-shirts and a lot have of been made. Was, signs uh, and those. signs yes. are holding them up. And yeah, that was so, great. Uh, and and admittedly, I have bought some of those t-shirts. <laughs> so um, I, I just I think it's hilarious and and you know it, it's on the heels of um, you know this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, an article came out about Tampa unseating Miami on the best cities in America list for 2021. And so the article goes into a lot of the, you know, reasons for, uh, you know, Tampa, um, you know, kind of becoming more of the, the of the desired city. Um, and, and I think first and foremost, one of the reasons that I look at Tampa as um, a place I'd rather live than Miami um, is price, um, the cost of living, the cost of real estate in Miami. We are still extremely affordable um, compared to the rest of the country and compared to other markets in Florida. And and I think that makes us more desirable for people to move to, especially people that are, you know, pa- you know, a year past, you know, uh, you know, not, not fully a year, but like in the year past COVID, um, you know, a little bit more concerned about taking financial risk. They don't want to overspend. They don't want to buy a vacation property as expensive as Miami is. So I feel like it's, it's put this big target on Tampa, um, and and you know a global survey was done, and and Tampa for the first time in a long time is now considered the best city 
uh, in Florida. Yeah, it's incredible. And and I think when people do started to look beyond Miami, maybe because of price points or other reasons, and they they come across this, what we've known forever is this uh, this shining star of a city, Tampa Bay. And you're right, it's really getting into the spotlight and has a target on it. And um, a lot of people are, are really finding it's a, a much desirable place to live. Yeah, and, a lot and, of people are and I mean, you look at here. you look at the economics of it. You look at the cost sure. of living in Florida. You also have to consider, um, you know, the the fact that South Florida has had more hurricane impact than we have on the on the Gulf side. Um, you've got price, you've got hurricanes, you've also got you know traffic. And while as our population grows, we do start to see more traffic, especially in spring break and seasonal type periods. Um, it's certainly you know having visited Miami recently. Um, you know, we don't have nearly as much of a traffic obstacle as they do. Yeah, I don't think it's still in the the you know the same league. And I, I do I I'm encouraged by the infrastructure building that they are doing here about the roads and the bridges and whatnot in Tampa Bay. And hopefully they can keep it on pace enough with with the increase in population. Yeah, and there's so much development coming. And it, and again, it's 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 one thing when we talk about how much this matters. Real estate is local. When you hear like CNN, Fox News, CNBC talking about real estate statistics or talking about national statistics, they aren't really that relevant. It, you know, I, I relate it to like saying that, you know, the high temperature in the U.S. today is 67 degrees. Right. And, I mean, it's just not relevant. So while there could be parts of the country that suffer, when you're the number one city in Florida and one of the best cities in America and you have all these things going for you, our real estate market is very stable and very safe. It's safe for investors. It's safe if you're thinking about buying a home. It's safe if you're thinking about selling your home. So you can buy it's safe. It really is safe. We are in a really good place. Um, CNBC article this week even talked about how they don't, you know, some of the experts don't even see any bubbles at all. They they just see a, a long track road up with real estate, especially in a market that's uh, got a, such a strong fundamental base as we do. Yeah, I mean the statistics continue to bear it out, and it is it hasn't gotten to be too much of a frenzy. I know we talk about different things that happen, isolated situations and whatnot, but there isn't too much of a frenzy here where it's gotten you know balloonish or bubblish that that's going to be here. And it's still it's a, it's a great place to buy or invest in home and property, and and for the long term, um, it's going to continue to rise. Another big thing about uh, another surprising thing about the uh, article that when people hear Tampa, and this is something that's unique to our area. Uh, and I think even unique to uh, people in Tampa, um, the the ranking um, included St. Pete and Clearwater is considered part of the Tampa MSA. Right. So, so for example, when they're saying Tampa, they're really saying the Bay Area. They're saying all the suburbs and all the smaller cities are kind of this in in a, in a right. in that grouped in with Tampa. And of course, there's some people over in St. Pete that might get offended by that. They want their own, you know, they want their own identity kind of thing. But but the reality is, is that ranking in terms of where it ranks us, in, in, you know, really encompasses the whole area. And I, I think that's crucial because there is so much v- cultural variety yes. between those areas. I mean, there are, there are people that, you know, may prefer St. Pete over Tampa. There are, you know, Clearwater, the beaches, wh- whatever it is. But that ranking kind of encompasses all of that in this, you know, whatever you want to call maybe 20, 30 mile radius around kind of the downtown most populated city uh, and all the suburbs and smaller cities included. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why we do get a boost in the ratings is because it is so diverse, right? You get different you know, types in different neighborhoods and different types of cultures and whatnot. And it can be a different feel from St. Pete to Tampa to Clearwater to the beaches to Carrollwood, you know, out to out to Brandon and the different areas. And I think that's what makes it so attractive to so yeah. many people. One of the quotes in the article, which I thought was funny, 
In Tampa, the natural and built environments are as in sync as Brady and the Gronk. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was wow, a great yeah. art. You know, but but then I thought to myself, it should have said is in sync as uh Vassy and Kucherov. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. You know, it, it, it you know, but but nonetheless, I'll accept the the Brady and Gronk uh, comparison there. But but in reality, when you have all these things drawing people here, our population growth, um, you know, our climate. You know, the, the, you know, people say, you know, the, the one concern right now, I think, obviously storms and unfortunately the red tide. Right. Um, you know, we've got customers that we've got down here right now uh, looking at real estate and, and they're concerned about the red tide. How long is it going to last? What am I dealing with? Is this going to be something, you know, it, it, it reminds me back of um, and, and they're completely different things. But it reminds me of some of the comments people said about the oil spill. Right. You know, when we yeah, had the that, when we yeah. had the BP thing and people were concerned about what impact it was going to have and 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 so you know when that happened it didn't uh, it I don't feel like it trickled as much to people did it kill a lot of wildlife and fish of course it did but you didn't smell it right you know so the red tide is is certainly something that I hope uh, you know our local governments work on cleaning up they work on fixing the problems with that because everything is going so incredibly well that that that's really something that could hurt our real estate market and and um, it's already causing concern from people but fortunately we have way more buyers than sellers anyway so if we lose a few it isn't gonna it's gonna have right. a negligible statistical impact on our market but it's something that if they don't get in front of um, could could cause some problems for a while yeah and hopefully it stays short lived and you know it'll be it'll be gone by the t- next time we do the show it you know it'll be moving on its way but uh, you know red tide does happen and it's uh, you know it has had an impact but I think uh, you know, it'll be out of here before we know. Yeah, it. that's my hope. And yes. again, meteorologists all have different opinions. Right. And, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, like, um, you know, the whole zero percent chance of rain. I don't think in Florida in the summer <laughs> there should ever be a zero percent chance of rain. Like, Correct. I have a car, like one of my favorite cars to drive. And I swear that it is it is, uh, you know. If I drive it, it rains. It does not matter. It, it could be perfectly clean. It could be dirty. It does not matter. And I'll look at the weather. I'll I'll check out Dennis Phillips. He'll say there's no rain today. And not just Dennis. He's my favorite meteorologist. Okay, so I watch him. But like any of them, zero percent chance of rain today. And that car has like a rain curse. Like three minutes later, it's pouring. <laughs> right. You know, like yep. so. I don't think there should ever be a such thing as zero percent rain. But but uh, but nonetheless, hopeful that some of the storms and the wind and and the things going on can kind of address the the red tide scenario. I think a lot of people thought that our uh, the storm that we you know the the hurricane Elsa that knocked over uh, one chair <laughs> in my backyard that it was going to somehow take it away and I don't it just didn't end up being as strong enough to, to do yeah much. and it was almost like it was the opposite I remember hoping that same thing oh well the storm is coming at least it'll get rid of the red tide and it seemed like it pushed it back it made or it worse. pushed it into Tampa yeah, Bay it made it worse from out along the Gulf and it's made it a little bit worse and I I mean it's um you know some of the situations are you know it's pre- pretty gross to get it out of there but uh yeah hopefully it'll get better a lot of proje- projections are that over the course of the next couple of days it should be getting its way out of here so. all right that 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 would be terrific because i think again this is a this is prime time for the real estate market and i think a lot of people have had that concern especially people that are here visiting um you know the summer months are really like a marketing time for tampa right. um there are people taking vacations here um there there are people traveling here um, and, and it's a time when we have the we have a chance to attract new people um, and and continue to grow you know a great you know economy and and, and all these types of things and and I think that 
they're coming here and they're experiencing this and it, it it's a you know could spook them so no different than a storm than a hurricane all these types of things so so again you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on WFLA News when we aren't on air make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo uh, Twitter Instagram YouTube and and TikTok my marketing guy makes me do TikToks <laughs> it's not my thing so if you message us on TikTok it's not going to be me um, I may be on all the videos but but it ain't me I haven't uh, I don't want to get addicted to it. Truthfully, like I have so many friends of mine, they're like, as soon as they started watching TikTok, they're like on TikTok an hour a day. I don't have an hour a day to spend on, on, on that. So, uh, but nonetheless, we are on there, and you will see us putting out video content on all the social channels again at the Duncan Duo, and uh, we'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo Remax with Mike Corrigan of Cross Country Mortgage. And uh, our first segment, we were talking about Tampa being the number one city in Florida, one of the best cities in America, based on all the great things that are going on in Tampa, not just in our real estate market, but, uh, you know, winning sports teams, our, our climate, uh, economics, job growth, uh, all of those things are, are all moving in a really positive direction. But there was an article, and this kind of hits home at what I talked about earlier um, in, in the first segment about how statistics can um, be misleading when they're national compared to local. So an article came out that talked about how demand for vacation homes falls for the first time in a year. However, that's a national statistic. Um, there's another article out at the same time that talks about how demand is skyrocketing for Florida vacation homes. Right. So it, it really just depends on the statistics you look at in terms of how you want to word it. But someone may read this and think, oh, there's a problem with vacation real estate in Florida. No, not really. It's Florida's doing great. There are other parts of the country where demand is dropped, so it's evened things out and, and caused things to slow down. So, so it can be misleading. Someone could read that and say, well, demand for vacation homes is falling. Maybe I don't want to buy one. Or maybe maybe I don't want to um, you know sell. Maybe I just don't want to sell my homes because now there's not as much demand for it. Because they read that article when it could be three or four states could have a huge fall off and cause a national drop. Right. You know, if you have a New York City, a Los Angeles, California, and a Chicago, Illinois that see a huge drop in vacation home ownership, but Florida surges up and the national stat shows down, people in Florida could think, oh wow, here we go, it's a problem. So, so the reality is it can be so misleading when you're looking at some of these national stats. But, you know, so, so in Florida right now, we're not, we're not seeing that. We're, we're seeing uh, quite the opposite of that still. Uh, population growth, uh, real estate growth, development growth, more people wanting to move here. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the, the reality is that it, it can be misleading. But, you know, at some point it will, it will drop off because – if you think about, you know, what has happened and what we've been through. So um, COVID, for example, caused this huge pullback of everything. Economics, right. people aren't buying vacation homes, people aren't traveling, tourism was shocked. Well, vacation homes are part of tourism, you know. So if people weren't traveling or able to travel or afraid to travel, then clearly we were going to have a period of time during COVID where there was this huge slowdown in vacation home purchasing. So this pent up demand caused that first year post COVID and, and look, we're not all the way past COVID, um, but we're past most of the lockdowns and quarantines and Florida has been past most of that 
for a long time. Okay, so so that first year, of course, it was going to be humongous numbers because you were basically taking 24 months of demand and squeezing it into 12, and you stuck people in their homes for a year, told them they couldn't leave, told, they couldn't go to the grocery store, they couldn't go out to eat. You had all these kind of things that they're used to having taken away from them. So what happens the first chance they get? All of you know, a surge of people pop out and buy. So of course the next couple of years aren't going to be as good with vacation homes. It's just logical. It's just yeah. statistics. It's math. And it's the same thing on the seller side. All those people didn't put their house on the market because they said, oh, let me see how this is going to go out. So then right. when they when it started to open up and they had the chance to, so double the amount came out to be there. Now the demand to, to buy it was so great there too. But again, there's just there was this huge rush of people willing to sell now all of a sudden post-COVID that now it's, it's going to naturally off. come down. Right. I mean, right. And I think that's what people don't understand then they then they think oh there's a problem with real estate no it's not a problem it's right. it's that you you're basically a you know you have all these people and not only not only did you move the demand forward because you paused all of that activity but the the things that happened um with covid were natural incentives you know natural reasons to motivate people to want to do those things because they were so tired of being in their home not being able to go to their their favorite restaurant not being able to travel so then you know so so not only did you just move a year of activity more or less but you moved a year of activity and then you made that year more you know more in, you know you incentivize people more to want to do those things because of what they went through so so again if you do see even if we get to a point where it starts to say florida vacation home sales are dropping don't be concerned. It's 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 there's nothing to be concerned about. It's you can't expect it to continue to maintain that same level because of all the activity that kind of got exploded, so to speak, as soon as you know COVID started to slow. And one of the things I'm seeing a lot more now that I think is really pertinent is you're starting to see when those statistics come out for them not to compare us to last year, but two years ago into 2019 so that it isn't because COVID had such its ups and downs and different um, aspects of last year, they're starting to look back at compared to 2019 to see, okay, hey, back when that was normal times and now if we're in normal times and how does, you know, this month compare to month two years ago? And it's starting to give a, a more of a level set expectation of, of what the future really could hold and maybe gives you a, a clearer picture of what's going to happen into the future. Yeah. And so, we're going to be back after the break. We're going to talk about words used to sell houses and how they changed during the pandemic. Um, and, and also uh, just listing descriptions in general. I think there's a lot of science that goes into these and, and For sure. thousands of home sales, 15 years of experience. You know, we know what works, what doesn't work. We know what words to say, what not to say. Um, but it's interesting to see the, the, the how, how it changes, how things changed with COVID. So we're going to be back. We're going to talk about those pesky listing descriptions uh, after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo at Remax, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. So during the pandemic, so much changed about real estate, consumer sentiment, consumer preference, and even uh, trickling down into real estate were the descriptions used to, to describe properties. Now, I've always been kind of a wordsmith, and I think sometimes um, you know, your goal when you sell a house that maybe uh, is a hidden gem, right. okay, is, is you know, you want to make it appear nicer and better and, you know, you want to impress your client. You want to get as many people through the door as you can. So you're not being dishonest, but you're really doing the best job that you can to, to positively speak about that house 
the best you can, right? Well, and I think it's truly a, a sales tactic yeah. that agents use. Your choice Correct. of words matter. Right, they right. They really do. And, 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 and so during COVID, some common words, you know, started to go away for uh, for different phrases. Not go away, but they, they weren't as um, used. So, for example, uh, granite countertops and wood floors are very commonly used in descriptions because those are things that people want. But words like large and spacious right. became much more common this year. And gee, I wonder why. Maybe because people were stuck in their homes, stuck in their apartments, stuck in smaller places. Right. So you're trying to accentuate those things that matter most to um, you know consumer sentiment. Um, you know, it's funny. There, there's a, um, a really funny real estate uh, meme page. Uh, I've followed him. I've met these guys before, and it's at the broke agent. Okay, yeah. and the broke agent basically they'll make posts. They're always making posts that poke fun at what we have to do in real estate. But they'll make posts with typical real estate uh, description language, and then show a photo of what it really what looks it means. like. Yeah, you know, I've like seen those. a hidden yeah. gym yeah, or um, you Fixer know, needs a little TLC <laughs> yeah. or ready for your own. <laughs> Finishing touches, you know, like, and so, but anyway, during COVID, large, great, full, spacious became some of the most commonly used words, according to a new study from Point to Homes. Um, They're still common, uh, granite countertops, hardwood floors, and stainless appliances, but uh, some of these other common words um, started to become more used. Garage and parking were were kind of interesting uh, that they became more important. And I think the garage became more important. Um, we stopped being able to go to the gym, right? Right. So people wanted to put like record sales for Peloton and stationary bikes and treadmills. And I know I went and bought some that I haven't used in two months, but like, you know, (laughs) so, so the reality is so many people, because they were stuck at home, they wanted to find a way to still get their, their fitness in. So the garage became an important thing for people that maybe weren't car people, but they wanted that extra space that they didn't have, uh, presently. So, so, um, you know, garage parking, uh, were, were words that were used, um, walk-in closet, open floor plan, um, additional bedrooms, uh, all kind of rounding out the top 10. For condos, you had parking, number one, right. garage, um, and then a lot of typicals, hardwood floors, walk-in closet, washer, dryer, stainless steel, granite, full bath, open floor plan, fitness center. Okay, you didn't see uh, in single family homes, there's no mention of fitness center because garage kind of for a lot of people became the fitness center. But for condos and apartments um, and multifamily, that fitness center became a much more important thing for people during covid because you couldn't go to the gym. And they, jokingly enough, they probably were all closed during COVID anyways. Probably, but, but you, maybe you could have broke in. Maybe <laughs> right. you could have broke in. No. You could have picked the lock. You could have. You know, it's funny. I had a, a friend of mine that um, lives in an apartment complex. And, uh, you know, I, pl- I play basketball, like I play basketball like three nights a week and I, and I have forever and I have a group of guys that I've played with forever. And, and I just, I love basketball. I grew up in Indiana. So it's like my, it's my first and favorite sport. So during COVID though, um, all the basketball gyms, you know, got shut down, you know, you couldn't go in and play anywhere. And then secondarily, shortly, maybe a, within a week of that, all the local parks had the rims taken down. So then you couldn't play out. You couldn't even play outside. They had the, they literally the cities. All the local cities, their parks and rec people went out hmm. and took the rims off because people were still going to go outside and play, and they're trying to protect us from COVID. Right. So, so then you had like there was almost like this underground market <laughs> for finding people that had basketball full court basketball courts or gyms on their private property. So the, I was driving out to Ruskin 
uh, you know, a buddy that's got a, an outdoor full court, like sport court on his property. Wow. Um, you know, there were a couple of churches that, that um, sure. you know, that allowed us to play. And then, um, but the funny part, um, you know, about like the, you know, like the whole like underground thing is another buddy had an apartment complex that he lived in and they had a full court basketball court. Okay. And he had a key to it, but they closed it during the day. But we could go and play after 10 o'clock when no one was around. So we were meeting up at like 10 and 11 o'clock to play in this apartment complex that had a basketball court. You were sneaking in. It's like you're committing a crime. I'm sneaking in to play basketball. But that's kind of, you know, that's those are things that people were concerned about. Those were the preferences or the things that they were used to doing, like the gym, like tennis courts, like some of these things that they're used to having that are gone. And now they're looking for ways to still accomplish that in, you know, in a in a more restricted environment. So there's no question that you would expect something like COVID to, um, you know, to change those things here. Here's another thing that happens. Um, hurricane season during, you know, so, so listing. And, and again, you could hire a, an analytics company to go in and analyze all this and you'd find some incredible data. But one of the things that I think is neat is as hurricane season approaches, you'll see listing descriptions really accentuate things that matter during hurricane season, like generators, storm shutters, hurricane-proof windows and garage doors. Um, Those are things that if you're selling your house in December or January, you may not even, it's not top of mind. But during hurricane season, you'll see a whole lot more of those mentions because that's on the news, it's on people's minds, it's it's a concern. You know, and and so so you know you have this ebb and flow seasonally of seeing different things that get mentioned um, based on you know what's going on at that time. So so um, so I think that's kind of neat. You know how the words can change not just during a pandemic, but even just seasonally for us. Yeah, and it's interesting. We talk about this. We always talk all the time about hiring a professional to be able to handle this. And many of you out there are thinking probably to yourselves, I wouldn't even have thought that we would change the types of words we would use based During on the season, season that we're, no we're at. No question. But a professional and people that do this for a living and do this full time that are going to give you your best chance to sell your home are going to be able to use that and stay in tune with what's going on there. And that's you know why we come to you every Sunday and talk about this kind right. of stuff. Because it does matter. Yeah, like, it you, matters. you may not realize that you know, you have, let's say you have a whole house generator, or let's say you have, uh, you know, hurricane proof windows. And let's say you don't even know that you have dual pane. Win- let, let's just <laughs> right. say you don't. Right. But that that's where the professional can make sure to mention those things to get you the most amount of eyes on the property, um, especially at a time when, you know, there are storms and it's a concern for people. And, and um, you know, that's just the, the, the time of year that you're going to deal with that. So, um, well, hey, CoreLogic came out and said mortgage delinquency rates at their lowest level in a year. This to me is another reason why um, people shouldn't be concerned about the real estate market. Yeah, mortgage delinquencies have stayed extremely low and continue to be low. And I think why it says in more than a year is because if you rewind a year ago, right, we had right forbearances yeah, yeah, yeah. because of COVID that goes in there. So again, maybe some loaded numbers that are in there. But overall, mortgage delinquencies are extremely low, continue to be low. And even as some of the moratoriums and things expire that go in there, a majority, over half of the forbearances that that were out there actually still were current on their mortgages. They just took it as kind of a safety net that that's going to be there. Yeah. And so, yeah, the the mortgage market continues to be very healthy, and there is a lot of knowing, you know, talking to people in the secondary markets and all that. Not to get too technical, but there is a lot of demand on Wall Street and private hedge funds and whatnot looking for investing in these mortgages because they're performing because the, the correct underlying assets performing. And and here's the other thing that I noticed, and we've had multiple 
multiple home sellers in the past six months that sold their homes while in forbearance. Okay. And, and here's what I noticed in every single situation. And this is something that you can take to the bank. So if you're concerned about the stability of our real estate market, if you're concerned about buying a home, if you're just concerned about investing in real estate, um, even the people that weren't paying their mortgages, the appreciation right. rate was faster than the amount being added to the mortgage for the forbearance. You know, I had one recently in Pasco County and the forbearance amount, I want to say was maybe $700 a month and the home was increasing $1,200 a month. I mean, these people were making money by not paying their more, you know, but and just sitting on an appreciating asset. Now, will that happen forever? No, but our real estate market doesn't go the other direction until that script gets flipped for a long time. Right. A and that, really long time. Yeah. So, I mean, you were talking, I mean, it, it just, you have nothing to worry about, basically. Yeah. There's so, and people have so much equity in their homes that even if those forbearances come and they're behind and they need to sell, it's not like there's going to be a wave of uh, foreclosure. So, people that are worried about that, it's just, it's a false narrative that comes out and they're, they're able to sell their homes and they have equity in there. And it is so lopsided. Like you said, it would take such a long time. And, and believe me, we'll be here to tell you if things are starting to turn. We're, we're not here to, you know, we're here to kind of give you the truth of what's going on in the market. And the market just bears out that um, it is going to continue to rise at a very healthy pace for, for a longer period of time. And I'll tell you, I think that um, one thing that I think is really um, telling <clears throat> when you analyze the data and understand what's going on with real estate, um, you know, running the team that I run, for as long as I have, um, I'm not going to blow smoke to you about right. how great the market is because, frankly, my business truthfully grows more in a down market than it does right now. Simply because when in a down market, more and more people get out, the things that I do work more effectively. People are more concerned and they're not looking to say, hey, who can do it the cheapest or looking for the best. Um, but in, in down years, after having done this for 15 years, I've been through some down years, right? So in down years, my business actually grows more. So it, it's not beneficial for me to sit here and talk up all the hype about real estate because what ends up happening is I'm creating more people are getting into the industry. Right. There's a pressure on on price and fees. There's there's all these things that actually make it harder for me to compete. So I'll be the I promise I'll be the first to tell you if I think we're headed down a down path because I'll, you know like and I don't ever. I don't want to. I don't want to um, say like I'm going to get excited because look, I'm never going to be excited about a down market because my business grows because there are hardworking people out there right. that just get in trouble and, and and go through so many things. But but I'll also be the first to tell you because I pay attention. I have to be prepared. I have to make those pivots and changes that are advertising and changes to the words we say in our ads because of how the market shifts. And and truthfully, like I said, during slower periods and down markets, I grow more because. All the people that jumped into the business because it was hot, because they thought it was a get-rich-quick scheme, because they figured they could make a lot of easy money, and probably they can in some ways, they start to get out. And you know, if you look at the National Association of Realtor data, the number of transactions per agent is very consistent over time. Right. So, so what ends up happening is, as the transactions drop, you know, the cream rises to the top. The best people get better, they implement more, they double down on advertising, and then kind of those bottom people get out of the business and they go do, you know, get regular jobs. So so I it's you know, people say that all the time. Well, of course you're gonna say it's great, you know. Right. But in reality, me saying it great it's great doesn't benefit me. Like I'm not gonna I'm just gonna tell you the truth. If the market's good, I'm gonna tell you that. If it's bad, I'm gonna tell you that. And I'm gonna adapt my business regardless. But but truthfully, like my business will grow at a greater pace in a down market than it will in a hot market. 
Yeah, and it's so important for us. And I mean, your your resume and the history of your business in the different markets that have happened. I mean, reality is market shifts over time, right? It's not going to go up forever, and it's never going to go down forever. And over the longer period, real estate has always gone up. And if you have a long yeah. enough period of time, it always will. Even if you go back before the financial crisis, and it's our job to come here and tell you what we see into the future based on the statistics of what's going on, so that you can make the best decisions for you and your family. That's yeah. what it comes down to. Pretty much. Yep. Well, that, that's a perfect way to end that segment. We're going to be back uh, wrapping up with our last segment after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here uh, on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the local real estate market, joined by Mike Corrigan with Cross Country Mortgage. As U.S. home prices surge, many Americans are starting to set their sights on Europe and outside of the country for their real estate investment needs. And look, I'm a firm believer that um, there are real estate assets, valuable assets and pursuits in other parts of the world. There's no question real estate markets go up and down depending on what's happening in that country. And with prices as high as they are right now, maybe it does make sense for you to look into some other markets outside of the U.S. to buy real estate in. Um, So what I want to tell you, though, is that finding a real estate agent to help you with those things, because look, worldwide, you need a real estate agent to purchase a transaction, to purchase real estate. But anywhere in the world, it's just the way that it is. Uh, We're experts, we're trained, we're licensed. And um, we're able to assist you with that. So while we can't assist you with the purchase, we have access to data and information that can place you with a real estate agent anywhere in the world. So if you're thinking about buying um, you know, a condo in, in France or, or a home in Italy or um, you know, land in Russia, it doesn't matter where, we can help you. And I can look at data and look at sales to know whether or not that person is an expert in that field and analyze it for you. Because look, there's no better person to interview a real estate agent than a real estate agent. Sure. So we've done that. And and so we refer hundreds of people a year to real estate agents across the country. If you're interested in, in you know getting a referral, just send us an email. You can call us, you know, you can go to DuncanDuo.com. You can email us info at the DuncanDuo.com. You can hit us on any of the socials as well, and we'll help place you with the right agent in that market. And fortunately, because of the amount of transactions we do, we've sent out hundreds, thousands of referrals over the years. So we know agents, like we've had clients with raving fan experiences in a lot of these major markets across the across the world, really. So if you if you want a referral, if you're thinking about investing somewhere else outside of Florida, uh, let us help you place that. It doesn't cost you anything. There's no cost, no obligation. We're just simply using it as a, it's a way for us to provide an extra level of service for you because of some of the global contacts we have within Remax and then within some of the um, relationships that we've built over the years and years and years of um, running a large team and and being in mass media um, and going to different events where you meet you know real estate agents and so um, you know th- there's no doubt that um, you know second home markets in places like Italy, Portugal, Greece um, they're on fire right now. There are people there are people saying the prices are rising so much here, so maybe I'm going to buy a place that I can Airbnb in Italy. Right. You know. And if you have a place that you want to Airbnb in Italy, send it to me because right. I want to go there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, for somebody that's been in the real estate mortgage industry for as long as I have and as long as you have, one thing I will tell you is that it is very different depending on the different countries that you go to. Oh, my goodness. Beca- because it's something that I, it is it's just so I do different. for a living. I always ask about these types of things. And from country to country, I've it been blown away. It is drastically yes. different. So yes. you're going to want to make sure you are hooked up with an expert that understands you know, that country's rules and regulations and how they go about it because it is. It is. Dr- I mean, and you know, frankly, it's different from state to state. Yeah. I mean, in some states, you have to put up escrow before you write a contract. Right. In some states, attorneys are the only people to handle closings. Um, in, in some states, 
there's there's a different inspection period. Yes. The fees, who pays title insurance, who pays doc stamps on the deed, like even even in Florida. Right. Truthfully, there are some areas where that's a different right. standard it's a or different norm. part of the state. Like even from Sarasota way. to Tampa, you have who pays this and it's different. The yes. title insurance goes on from one side to the other. It, it really and sometimes that can make a big difference in a deal. Yes. You could be used to buying real estate in Tampa and then find out a few thousand extra bucks are moved over to your side as a buyer if you buy property in Sarasota. So you have to factor that into your your evaluation. But there are, there are a lot of people that don't realize that, um, that 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 exists. Not only is it different locally from county to county in some instances, but it can vary widely when you're talking about country to country. And and here's the other part of it: English speaking. Right. You know you you know trying to find someone that's English speaking in some of these countries. Now look, a lot of Europe. You're probably not going to have too hard of a problem finding someone English speaking, but if you looked, you know, if you were looking to buy a a property um, in Japan, or I mean, you you could struggle finding someone that could communicate with you. So it's it's really important. Like we we actually referred a client um, about six months ago to buy a con- they wanted to buy a condo in Tokyo. Okay, um, and it was a really cool experience. The agent was exceptional, um, you know, and and everything worked out great. But so so there are times when you're going to want to buy real estate or invest in real estate or even move. And and you really do need someone, you know, on the ground in that local area. And, and obviously, these are people we can vouch for that we've had experience with that we can kind of interview for you to make sure that they're the right pick for you. So, again, if you're looking at uh, referring uh, or, or getting a referral to one of these agents, whether it's somewhere in the U- somewhere else in the U.S. or somewhere around the world, uh, hit us up at DuncanDuo.com or, or email us info at the Duncan Duo or at any of our socials at the Duncan Duo. Um, so Champa Bay had our boat parade this week, man. I got to tell you, I, I, this I could get used to the whole boat parade thing, man. We can just keep celebrating championships every sports season. Well, I must have read four or five different articles that came out is that we have Tampa has reinvented the parade, I right? Know. Because doing it on, on the, the water, yeah, and, you know, and because every championship now seems to be in Tampa, the boat right? Yeah, like no, it's yeah, now it's become the that, boat that's parade. what's going to be happening. So it'll be interesting if another city happens to win a championship somewhere else. I, hopefully, they're on water or something. Well, and see you if know what? Copy so, us or not. so before we wrap, I'm going to say one really encouraging, great thing about boats because. Because sometimes people win championships in cities and they tip cars over. No one's going to tip a boat over. We're good. We're good. No, no boats are getting tipped over at the boat. Well, if they get really, really drunk, maybe they they lean over to one side. In fact, uh, on the when we were on the cruise ship, as the players were coming by, every single person was on one side. (laughs) People took pictures of how tilted it was, but they told us they're like, "There's no way this boat's tipping. Like, it would take many, many more tons (laughs) to tip the boat." So, anyway, we appreciate you tuning in, and we hope you have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.